It's like I'm having the most beautiful dream. And the most terrible nightmare all at once. Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Ladies, gentlemen, members, welcome to Warrior Desho's Stream of Thought, and we're covering Banana Fish, Episode 7, The Rich Boy. Wow, wow, big spender and all that. He's a rich boy, he's a rich, rich boy, because you know it don't matter anyway. I mean, what is this, you know, like you, Banana Fish's foray into Riverdale, or something, or Archie, or, you know, Richie Rich, what the fuck's going on here? Oh my uh, god. Yeah, you remember that. Oh my god, I haven't thought about that in decades. Was that a fire with this incredibly wealthy child? Like, (laughs) (laughs) was that that nice? Was that a Macaulay Culkin joint? It was a cartoon at some point. I think it might have been Hanna Barbera, possibly. Okay, Okay. Uh, but no, uh, fuck that show, fuck that kid. Um, But anyway, uh, anger aside, you know, cartoons from the sixties. Let's instead talk about a cartoon, quote unquote, from the present day. Of course, with me as always is the gentleman you know, separated by thousands of miles of ocean, always close to my heart, the Sword Oxen. Hey, what up, everybody? I wish I came with that just out then, so I'm quite pleased with myself. Um, hello, the... everyone in the audience, by the way. Yes, uh, seven episode itch. <laughs> getting getting the the craving to move on to other anime series. It's up to this episode to keep me faithful. <laughs> No, hey, that's bullshit. I, of course, it is. <laughs> this is a great we're not, episode. We're not talking about we're not talking about the show that shall not be named or any other show for that matter. We're talking about a damn good one. Um, however, ladies and gentlemen, we do have some housekeeping to do this particular week. Firstly, which is to talk about a certain someone who regrettably passed away recently. 
this is actually relevant to an oxygen term now. So I have the suite in front of me, um, and I apologize for Sprouse's name, but I believe it was Unsho Ishisuza, Ishis ah, Ishisuka. I'm absolutely terrible with names. I do apologize for that. Uh, you might not know the name, but you are very likely do know the person. Yeah. Um, Ishizuka-san uh, voiced a number of incredible roles uh, throughout the years. Uh, he voiced Jet Black on Cowboy Bebop, Hercule Satan. I mean, he's also epic. voiced Joseph Joestar, Andrea Saro Dojima in, I believe it was the, at the very least the first Persona 4 anime. I'm not sure if he did the golden one, but he has at least one incarnation. Uh, amongst a number of other roles as well, ones I'm admittedly not familiar with. Oh, and on top of that, Professor fucking Oak. Jesus Christ. I mean, we lost um, uh, we, we lost a pretty iconic guy. Uh, what, a, what, a, what an absolute talent. Um, yeah. The reason this is relevant to Banana Fish, as it turns out, is because um, Ichizuka-san also voiced Dido. Uh, not something I recognized, but I didn't even realize that he was the guy who did... Uh, both Joseph Joestar and Ryusaro Dojima, but yeah, um, that's happened. Uh, he's sadly passed away. So, um, I mean, well, that's uh, Dragon Ball's hit been hit hard this year. Hmm. Like, that's too. Was it Bulma's voice actress? It I was. Mm -hmm. Previously, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he was Hohenheim in Full Metal Alchemist as well, uh, according to chat. Thank you, Bill. Um, Absolute talent. Yeah, but I mean, Bulma and Mr. Satan, like, I mean, I know those characters are not sort of who you think of when you think of Dragon Ball, at least to, to most people. We think of the, the combatants, the Saiyans, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe Piccolo even, or, or some of the humans like Krillin. But, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, kind of a little bit of the glue and the heart of what keep uh, kept sorry dragon ball taking over and held it together and made it made it more than just a show about like dudes punching other dudes you know it's it's that that's what happens a lot but like it had soul it had character and those two characters played by those two say you really brought that out in the show they were a huge part of it for me yeah. and uh i don't know what i'm gonna do when masaku nozawa uh, you know, she's over 80, and uh, she is the voice of Goku, Gohan, Goten, Burdock, Goku Black, <laughs> like every Goku iteration, and yeah. the child, male child in the Sun family is voiced by her, and like, that is gonna be, that's gonna be really hard to take, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it sucks, um, I, you know, don't know how it's going to impact banana fish um because i haven't read anything about like who who will be stepping in for him in his ongoing roles mm, for sure but um ramos here at waridesha will say um rest in peace Ishu sam um i mean speaking of myself like you know how can you possibly not like or forget his performance as joseph joe star i mean he was so good he was I mean, so good in that role. I mean, if, let me let me just throw this out there, right? I don't expect this to happen, but if ever they did, say, a reversioned like Stardust Crusaders in, say, like, 20 years' time, I absolutely pity anyone who would have to play Joseph Joestar to try and follow up that. Man. I mean, it's like like the way that he did Oh My God, which I'm not even going to try and do myself because it would just be a pale imitation. 
But the way he did that, like, that's like, you know, Kirk doing the Khan cry in the <laughs> You can't imitate that. It's impossible. It's done. Yeah. It's all time done. There is nothing you can have but the original. And mm-hmm. beyond that, he just did the role fantastically. And all yeah. the other roles he's done as well. So, well, to you, you super Sam. Rest in peace, my friend. Rest in peace. All right. Housekeeping done. Let's actually talk about the episode itself. Um, do we have anything we want to talk about specifically regarding the polls, firstly, that we had? Uh, I believe we had an amazing right. result, actually, on one of them. <laughs> uh, this is me being a bad producer and <laughs> not being ready for the Twitter poll. So I'm, cack- I'm cackling because I know the results of one of the questions that you actually raised a massive eyebrow out previously. I already know it's massively in my favor. <sighs> Boy. That's great. All right. So... I'm scrolling to the polls. I have found the polls Go from on. last week, episode six. I want, to, I want you to say this, said. I want you to say this. <sighs> August 10th. Yes. At Warui Desho. Polls. Yes. Yes. Is banana fish surfing turf? Go on, say it. Say it, Doc. 65% voted yes. <laughs> Thank you, audience members and people who wrote uh, in for that. That's exactly the outcome I wanted. You people out there know that you're contaminating the pure pool of science by rigging the polls for comedy this way. I hope hey, you I know. didn't get no. I did not get no Russian bots to help me with this one. Thank <laughs> you very much. Not a single person, you know, you know, from that particular place who's got a fake made-up name, you know, Boris, what, what's his face, whoever was involved in this. Not one of them. It's all legit. All of them are legit answers. I mean, it's not like I did a. Oh, I think that they're real people. I I think that. I think they're real people. I just think that they wanted this outcome regardless of what the facts of the matter are but moving on you moving you win on, fair and on. square you won this poll yes. <laughs> all right poll two ag says ash isn't broken do you believe this is true 62 percent say no they don't believe it's true mm-hmm. they believe ash links is in fact broken he's um, a bloody mess he's an absolute wreck uh, another one that I, I'm iffy on that one. Uh, but okay, <clears throat> that could just be that's a semantic argument though. Mm-hmm. Um, final poll for episode six. Do you believe eBay San is being selfish, or truly has Aji's best interest at heart? This has never happened before in the history of our polls. Fifty fifty. What? Selfish and yeah. AG's best interest. 50-50. Well, well, fuck me and sideways. You know what? I... That's actually, I feel like, uh, pretty like accurate. Because I think both are true. But it, it's hard to rank yeah. which which order that they might be might be in. Um, hello, uh, GoGo Atomic Robot. Uh, Emily, I believe, is uh, your Twitter display I'm... name. But, I'm sorry um, for ruining tea, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's my fault. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, 
it's a waste of perfectly good tea. That's my bad. But those were the polls. Now, Fair enough. let us uh, go, go back, back to Cali, Cali. <laughs> All right. So having uh, been lost in the woods inexplicably, despite this, you know, being updated for, you know, Monero, where they do have, like, you know, smartphones with Google Maps between DC latest episode, like, how the fuck that happened, I don't know. Uh, yes, the guys are now actually in California, driving there. And this opening bit, prior to when they arrive at um, Max's um, wife's house, I literally thought was, like, the opening seconds of a music video. Like, think of it like the California equivalent of Will Smith's Miami. Yeah. That's literally what I thought it was going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean honestly, like, I mean, there is the California song by, what was it, Tupac? You could literally put that over. California Love, short, right? Yeah, California Make yourself a very, like, short AMV out of that. It would only be 30 seconds, so however long it is. But, uh... <laughs> Of I of the you know what I'm gonna this is gonna be a poll but of the uh, early '90s gangster rap songs about California I mean look I love like California Love all time just amazing fantastic tune it could just be that I'm a Biggie guy when it comes to the Biggie or Tupac question but like I really like going back to Cali I might prefer it. To California love. Mm. That that they could could be seen as controversial. Mm. Uh, I don't know. So, so answer your comment there, Talu Talu Bell. Uh, Bell eh, sorry, Talu Bell. Um, well, you know, it's in. Oh, that's shorter. Because he's he's skirt chasing already. Oh, that's shorter. Oh, that's well, shorter. Bodge, oh, bodge. Unfortunately, later this episode, it's going to change to, oh, that's shorter. Oh, fucking fuck. Well, but look, the lyrics, the opening lyrics are even, of going back to Cali, are, I feel like, resonant with what's going on in Banana Fish. <clears throat> and here, I'm quoting now uh, Christopher Wallace. Oh, you Notorious on, B.I.G. Wrap it. Wrap it. When the la-la hits ya, lyrics just splits you head so hard that your hat can't fit you i didn't think that you'd be reading it like charles dickens but well you know we're breaking new ground here. either i'm with you or against you format venture <laughs> back through that maze i sent you no, that's terrible this is terrible dad humor but uh, but yeah, I feel like the first couplet is is like a like a you could if you were doing one of those AMVs where you like crowbarring in like the the lyrics to fit um, the la la could be instead of referring to you know dope could refer to banana fish. Mm-hmm. All right. So after you know that little bit of you know skirt chasing from shorter, um, we mm-hmm. end up at Max's wife's house where they're stopping off briefly. Uh, Max throws up as he gets out of the car, and his son spots him, and he's like, "Well, that must be my dad. He throws up all the time." No, of course not. But like, you know, <laughs> one amazing way to you know see his son again after all this time, like we are trying to avoid, you know, custody proceedings. Oh yeah, he just throws up everywhere because he can't handle driving. But he's poor a guy. Poor I guy. I don't know. Poor, that was poor Max. when he saw Michael again. Like, because I forgot. I you know they mentioned Michael by name a few episodes ago when he's talking to his lawyer, but I forgot and like there he is and it 
in spite of myself, I was like, "Aw, Max and Michael." I'm honestly surprised that they actually like even featured Michael and Jessica. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they did. I know I what you're gonna thought, say, yeah. Like, I, I was gonna say, like, well, if it turned out they never actually appeared in the show proper, I'd be like, oh, okay, fair enough. Like, it, well, you know. But anyway, yes, they do arrive there, and well. <clears throat> It turns out that, you know, for all that Max is a, supposedly a hard-ass, his missus is a, a cut above because oh, she yes. just comes out, rifle in hand, and, well... <laughs> fucking hell, Max. Like... She's... I, what do I even say? Like, get off my lawn? Yeah. Like, are we going Grand, are we going grand Serena on this? Is that what's going to happen? Is this place <laughs> going? She heard he, um... That he went underground and he's not reporting to his parole officer or whatever. And she's like, nope, fuck this. And listen, you should, that is what you should do as well. I mean, she has every right to be like, is he going to kid out my boy? Like, why is he off the grid? Like, what the fuck? Like, yes. And thank goodness that, uh, you know, uh, was it eBay that saved the day? Yeah, thank goodness he was there. For for once, <laughs> I never thought he'd be saying "thank goodness for eBay," <laughs> but thank yeah. goodness for eBay in this case. Yeah, she's gonna be giving him a max lobotomy with that rifle. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, they go inside and they have lunch and they discuss a couple of things. This is more of a comedic scene to kind of like lighten the mood a little bit because, lest you forget, we're kind of just coming back from you know finding out that Ash's dad was like, "Oh yeah, son, you can totally be a whore as long as you get paid for it. It's fine, you know. Don't worry about it. Don't tell anyone. It's cool. It's hope's okay." Yeah, great. Dad of the year mug, you know, in his hand. Dad of the year. No, definitely not. Hey, so, I'm yeah, I'm with having... you. I'm with you, Bell. Like, Jessica can step on me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shoot me through the Max... heart. <laughs> Max has excellent taste, I will say this. Anyway, um, so they have a discussion in which, you know, they're making small talk about, like, you know, various things like, you know, Oh look, Ash and Aj are hot. Like you know, maybe magazine <laughs> You know, she... mom of the year, right? Going from a piece of garbage, like you said, to a good mama who uh, I guess uh, has a job um, publishing magazines that people would feel are of questionable taste. <laughs> the descriptions are quite something. That, that they are. That they are. Um. So, I. Just going to throw out there as a minor point, by the way, I absolutely love the framing in some of these shots. Like, for example, Ash starts taking the piss out of her. And, I mean, Ash is a hard bastard, don't get me wrong, but I think he's also a colossal idiot, because did you not see her come out there with that, I think it was a Lee Enfield? Like, dude, are you a, like, why? Do you have a death wish? Fucking imbecile. Did he, what did he say, like, can you pass the mustard or something? You, you all gave her something yeah. He said all yeah. parents are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode. Be, that will be relevant later, is it? Happens. Yes. By the way, like during this scene where he's like, I guess Jessica had gone. I can't remember, but he's like, all parents are garbage. You know, um, kids are just like doing whatever they can to try to make it. Like the soundtrack, <laughs> the music playing in the background. Like, it's really good music, but I found it incredibly discordant. It's like steel drums. And, like, he's, like, Ash is, like, you know, just incredibly serious. 
I I really yeah. enjoyed that. <laughs> should it should have been a bit more somber. Maybe Oops. I don't have any music at all for that bit. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll fade out. Who could say? Uh, the frame out particularly I know though was that at the point when Ash starts, you know, like sassing her mm -hmm. there's an amazing shot where like he says pass the mustard and the mustard actually cuts the set, like left mm. hand side off you've just got ebay's face here and he's like <laughs> <laughs> yes he's absolutely petrified and i think he's petrified not necessarily because he wonders like you know about like you know ashing anything on someone like physically but like he's just seen that woman i mean we know what Ash can do with Fox. Imagine what she can do in knives. I reckon she's dangerous. Ooh, yeah. I reckon she's super fucking dangerous. She's um, in no mood to be trifled with at the moment. Potential hot model or no. No. Um, anyway, so after all that, um, her son, uh, sorry, hers and Max's son, uh, Michael, uh, goes to bed. He's actually very polite for a kid, surprisingly enough. You know, being raised between a, a soldier and, you know, a gun-up mother. But, well, you know, he's doing all right for himself. Um, Max goes and sees him while he's sleeping and leaves him a baseball net. Um, it was his birthday. his birthday. Yeah, that's why they were stopping by as it happens. And at that point, they leave. And I thought to myself, oh, well, now that they've been here, nothing could possibly go wrong. It's not like, you know, there's a trend of, you know, horrible things happening to people that, you know, these guys bump into. Nah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Never, it's fine. No. They'll, they'll <sighs> be all right. They'll be good. It's great. Um... But you might recall that they had a hint they had to go somewhere, I think it was like 42nd and Westwood. Right. So they make their way over there at night. And when they arrive, um, Ash makes the astute observation that things look a bit suspect. Not an unreasonable, you know, observation there. And then, you know, they start hearing screams around the corner. Um, there's an old Japanese lady there. Who, oh, oh, sorry, just two seconds. If you can just take over a second, Doc. Oh, of course. Um, well bad producing on my part because i don't have anything to go i'm just gonna throw it to the brb screen and uh we'll be right back Apologies for the impromptu disappearance there, ladies and gentlemen. Just, you know, decided to go and fight a bear around the back garden of the pier. No, that's not right. <laughs> I'd like to say that actually was what happened, but um, no, my dad just came back from work, so I just wanted to say hi to him, check if he had a good day and all that. Usual nice stuff, you know. All yeah, parents are good. garbage. <laughs> dad, this is what we're talking about in here. 
god. Could have to be relevant, wouldn't it, to the topic of conversation? Uh, but anyway, um, so a couple of goons are trying to kidnap some uh, guy or girl, as they initially misunderstand, uh, from the back of this house. Uh, so a firefight breaks out, in which, you know, these guys who quote, uh, what was his name, Patches from Dodgeball, where he said, you know, you guys can hit a wasp if you can't have a boat. Because they can't shoot Asham like five feet away. And he I mean, and says, that is this like. This is how you do it. This is how you fucking do it, right? You know, shoots like disarms them and they run off. Th that's um, the f the first indication to me that this is a trap. I mean, it yeah. was that bad. I mean, because we've seen, you know, mm -hmm. mooks shoot in this anime, and they're not that bad shot. They're no stormtroopers. Oh, they've, God for that. you know, they've they've pegged them a few times, and and it's usually a situation. Uh, but yeah, this this right away tipped me off to like. Hmm, this seems a little too easy. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, the little, the little, the girl, uh, the girl, it turns out to be a guy. Uh, yes. I have a word from him in the bed. Uh, this is Look Young, I believe. Um, it is, now, it if is you might, if, you, if you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, where have I seen this person before? Cast your mind back to the OP and keep that in the back of your head for mm -hmm. the events that follow later, because that's been the hint that we've been having about it. Um, so he's called uh, his his fake name is Alexis. Alexis uh, they're looking yeah. for for Abe for Abraham, um, mm -hmm. and there's this fabricated what turns out to be a fabricated story about him being, you know, the adopted son and all of that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Which, again, I think if you pay attention, like to this story and then a later conversation like even then you see holes in the story and it's it's not that difficult to be like okay something is amiss here <laughs> yeah uh, he says his father's been missing for six months mm -hmm. um so try calling the cops got nothing out of it uh, we have a brief intermission in which we cut over to dino talking to uh the scientist dude you know Whatever his name was, I can't remember. It's my brain. Right I, now. I can't remember either. It's his house, like, isn't it? The dude is gonna get murdered. Uh, no, he's at Dino's place, I think. Well, I mean, don't that Dino says they they made it to your house? Oh yeah, I was gonna get that, but I, okay, I, okay, yeah, sorry. But yeah, and they said they need him to complete it. Um, what it is, uh, I don't know because banana fish is supposedly already made. Is this a weapon to surpass Metal Gear? I ain't got a fucking clue. I gonna just say again that i'm always kind of a little frustrated about stuff like this where they start going oh it's weird things and terms and stuff like it. it's mysterious and like mystery MacGuffins. The, actual, the actual main characters like aren't here you can give us a bit more than just it it like is it stephen king's it is, is it fucking pennywise are they gonna send pennywise after him i the oh, fuck's fine okay um but anyway so after this we go back, and Ash has actually found the library and also a computer where the place has been turned over. Computers have been touched, though, surprisingly enough. So, again, another hint that maybe something's been missed here. You know, why and is I no mean... one not smash the computer? Also, also, who is going to leave... Who's going to leave the room trash for six weeks? I mean, I know if someone, you know, fucked up a room in my house, six like... Six months for that matter. Was it six months? Okay, well, however yeah. long, like... And I think Ash takes a hard look around the room and does kind of a double take, like, what? Because it's, you know, not even that it look. It, it, it's hard to tell if he's thinking this looks freshly trashed or why is this still 
<laughs> Why is this well-to-do family not put the books back on the shelf and replace the chair and all this shit? You know. Yeah. Is this the part where you just pull on those glasses and do the CSI? Yeah. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> David Caruso. Yeah, this is some broken sword shit right here. Um, <laughs> right. But anyway, um, Ash starts working on the computer, and we then have, of course, Yotlon come in, who actually moves so quietly that he doesn't make any footsteps when he moves. But Ash still notices anyway, because sense his presence. Uh, hands him some tea, drinks the tea, says, oh yeah, I can get into this computer easily because I've got this, the USB pen drive of destiny. The cracking uh, software. Dic <laughs> dictionary program or some shit like that. <laughs> um, also, I mean, that... this definitely must have not been in the original manga. I'm sure of that. <laughs> like, yeah. if you in the audience can like and tell us like what was in place of this at the time, I mean, there probably was computers. Yeah, some but like, but flash drives and cracking. It's you know, mm. I mean, personal computers in general, I don't even think would have been very so common, or at least like looked like they looked in the shots that we see in episode seven. Also, it, this this is the scene that I think erases all doubt, in my opinion, unless I'm misremembering something. Because, so, he talks about Alexis slash Yulung says, you know, I was raised by uh, Abraham. You know, I'm his adopted son. On and on. But in this scene, when he approaches Ash, and Ash says, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't even hear you coming. You make no sound when you walk. And he says, we Chinese are brought up to move quietly. Like, As opposed to us Mancunians who are taught to, you know, brought to talk very you were not raised. You were not raised by Chinese people. <laughs> you were raised by Abraham, Mr. Alex. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, I feel like he is, uh, I think, maybe showing that sort of his role as the master of, um, of the night, of the horrible things that happen uh, so that the daytime syndicate can be prosperous and exist that's what he's good at not like duplicity and espionage <laughs> or or you know that sort of shit yeah he ain't no Tyrion Lannister that's for sure <laughs> um but anyway um they do end up cracking the PC uh this results in a high five leap between uh, AG and Ash which of course uh, looks gnosis um shout us by the way to the wonderful UI design of this fake Windows XP computer <laughs> like, i've actually got the frame up right here now and they've even got like dot xls files which are excel spreadsheets like that's amazing like if there's one thing i have to say just as a small side about this episode i love all the little details there and everything like the stuff mm -hmm. on ash's phone later when he's checking the map out this shit with the fucking pc uh the like when they're reading like the notes and the books like they've actually got full sets of text it's not like warren ipsum or any shit like that <laughs> Yeah. They actually go, they've actually taken a lot of time to put mm -hmm. detail in that's completely and utterly inconsequential. Like, we didn't need to see this this shot, by the way, like, you know, of this PC's, like, file directory and this fucking, you know, knockoff uh, Windows XP crap. But it was really nice. It was really, really nice to see, I will say. Just the time they put into it. So they do end up learning that Banana Fish is indeed not a person, but it is the drug that has been mentioned previously. Um, there'll be some lace discussion between uh, Max and Ash where they link that, of course, what happened in Iraq. So, By the way, good. Like, you're right. There's a correction from uh, Tallulah Bell. Like, that they do say later, I think, when Shorter's talking to his man, uh, they talk about him being adopted as a teenager. That was the info they found. So, well, 
Well, uh, remember what Ash said before about, you know, how you can't choose your parents and you're stuck with the ones you got? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Right. Turns out, at least by that fake story, if nothing else. But I mean, like, okay, so even even that, let's take that as, as the story. Like, so I still... Did the orphanage raise him as authentically Chinese and to be a silent ninja <laughs> an orphanage? I mean, I, I, I'd, I, yeah, I'd have to, I guess, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, if the story wanted to, it will be very, very easy to, like, uh, explain away, like, you know, uh, well, like, his parents raised him and then something happened to them. And then, it just, it just made me, it, it made me laugh, uh, I mean, and, hey, I wish I had that kind of curriculum at my high school. The most I got was, uh, you know. <laughs> IT and maybe a little bit of French on the side when I was doing my GCSEs. Where was my GCSE yeah. silent assassination? I know. I'm but, so mad about this. What the fuck is wrong with my country's education system? But even, you know, um, you, know uh, you know, Ash points out to him, like, well, Shorter's not that way. You know, he doesn't walk around uh, disguising his aura or whatever. Like, um, oh, but he does, actually, because he has disguised himself. Well, no, it's his appearance, but not, <laughs> his, not his presence as a human. Um, I just think that there's, you know, even that aside, there's there's enough there, I think, to make the the reader or viewer question, like, this Alexis kid, not quite what he says. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's not, and you, it doesn't have to be this sort of, like, gut feeling. It, like, I think there are plenty of clues on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, Alexis say, uh, is the name of the uncle. Um. Okay, my bad. I thought he was called Alexis. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. That's right. That's you're. To- I'm sorry. I'm getting the details wrong. So they're looking for Abraham, but it's Alexis's house, right? And so, yeah, something like that. Abraham. Alexis, the Chinese. Bruce the Chinese Bell, rich boy's Bruce fake Jim. name is um. Oh boy, I can't pronounce that. Goodness me. Uh, um, we can just continue to call him Yu Moon. <laughs> we'll call him Bert. There we go. <laughs> so fucking sorry, Bert, right? sorry. Details. Um, a lot of details wrong by me. Apologies. Oh, it's all right. Um, so I'm gonna give myself the uh, boo really quick. So we're all, of course, noticing all these inconsistencies and incongruities with you know looks, accounts, and things, and who he is. Uh, Ash is not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Ash reckons there's something suspect about him. He's too quiet, and so he says, "All right, Charlotte, I want you to go and look into this." And so Shorter meets up with the contacts of his nearby in a cafe mm-hmm. and starts talking with him. Uh, and then around the, the time this is happening, a lot of men in this particular cafe starts to need to use the restroom right at the same time. So they all stand up to go. Uh, no, I'm kidding, of course. They're not really actually, you know, all about to go nip to the gents at the same time. Uh, it's a trap. Um, turns out that, you know, Loot is actually uh, Lee's son. Uh, Lee, by the way, Mr. Lee. There was a gentleman we saw in the previous episode who was talking with Dino, who previously had helped, agreed to help the gang, you know, get them out of New York, get them, you know, all set up on the way so they could take down Golzi. But Dino's like, you know, no, 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 no. I'm going to make you a better offer. Right. One that you can't refuse. You know, I'm going to get you access. Hey, you know, I have to get that in eventually. <laughs> it's going to happen. Just, I mean, uh, there are so many times where I could make sailors my little friend jokes, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nope. You got to wonder if in the meeting, like, Mr. Lee is like, go on, say it. I know you want to say it, Golzine. Just say, it. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. All right, okay, yes, you said it. 
Now let's talk about it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to give you access to Europe for all of your hurry trade. Well, holy shit! I definitely can't refuse. Okay. That. Well crap. now. <laughs> well, fair enough then. I mean, I thought you were just going to give me, you know, a free subway or something. But <laughs> holy shit, this is a step up. <laughs> Here's my coupon card. It's totally full. <laughs> One free six it. inch. Take it Whoa. or leave it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Max and Ash have a discussion. Um, this is where they, you know, start learning about, like, they mention, like, about stuff with the military in Iraq. There's also a m another point which Max makes, which is to Ash to just holiday. Like, yeah. Max reckons that, you know, because of what's been going on, this is nationwide, could very well involve the government, possibly. Um, yeah. Ash, like, you know, he's not having it, he's not quitting. And Max says, no, I'll stop you, Beth. I'm like, oh, God, guys, are we at this again? <laughs> I know, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, I know, I know the relationship stuff is meant to be between Ash and AG, but at this point, if you wanted to tell me that, like, you know, maybe Max and Ash had a thing going for each other because of their sparring, I'd say that there's <laughs> evidence. Not that that's going to be true, of course, but I'm just saying, like, you know, guys, guys, just just give it up, guys. Come on. Come on. Uh, anyway, so, Shorter, you know, he is, you know, pressed to, you know, start spying on Ash, specifically. Uh, his family is threatened, to... yeah. Yeah, his family's threatened. Okay, um, so, point, nice... of, point of clarification, question. Um, Yulun is the son of the Lee that is in California or the Lee that is in New York? <sighs> I thought it was the California. Um, he is he is a the West Coast family Lee. relation of some description. <laughs> the, it's that's a, the best I've got. But the bi-coastal Lee family. <laughs> coast to coast. That's right. Lee coast to coast. Domination. <laughs> Amazing. Um so yeah, nice uh, insert shot by the way here of Shaw's like you know, talking to the guy in the cafe and being reflected in his glasses, and then cut back to this Ash is reflected in his glasses instead when we move mm -hmm. back to the balcony. Like some really really nice cool. transitions. There's there's a lot of great little bits in here that like I've said before in previous episodes that Banana Fish has a lot of sporadic but very welcome directorial flourishes, and this is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. um, certainly a lot of like nice bits in here. So. You know, they're having a chat in which, well, Shaw is hiding it very well. He's clearly sweating bullets while he's having, like, a nice chat, you know, with Ash about, like, you know, his restaurant. How Ash says, well, your restaurant's going down into, you know, when the pots, if you have it into the pits, you have to take it over. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the point when, of course, uh, Luke Wong shows up. And Shaw's not an imbecile. Oh. He recognizes immediately that he's, God you know, a Thank agent. you. Thank you to Lou Lavelle. Uh, once again, on the, the correction... Um, he's the, the the Lee uh crime syndicate like leader guys on both coasts are his older brothers. That's right. So he's the ah. seventh. Yulun is the seventh child, right? Of or I think son, there's the only on record. I think there's only six. He like is the seventh child, the seventh son. But he like doesn't ex like exist off the books, so that like no one will know about him or look for him so he can sort of enforce and rule the night. I think that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. He's such a cool character. I really like Yulun a lot. He's, he's super slick. Um, so, Shaw, of course, not an imbecile, immediately pulls him aside and says, right, I know you're on it. Like, don't pretend you're not. Oh, also, there's your, you know, immediately obvious Lee tattoo that's on your neck. 
which I think, you know, like we said before, he's pretty crap at being duplicitous, but if you want to hide your identity, it's probably best you not get your family's crest tattooed off your fucking neck where anyone can see it. Oh, yeah, that was a... Or, or just like wear, you know, wear shirts with a high collar, not like the loose, flowy, boat necky type shirts that's, that are going to be that's like... A bit, whoosh, that's yeah. a bit of a foul of that. I mm-hmm. mean, Je- Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, at least, you know, what was his name? Uh, Edward Norton's character in American History X had the good sense to put the swastika on his fucking chest rather than, you know, on his fucking chin or something. Right. This is he. So he, he excelled at like ninja movements, but... In terms of no. you know, all other sort of uh, sneaky style, he gets a D slash F. Yeah, and in a very you know uh, Ryukumatsu's home teacher kind of way, he suddenly has a complete shift in attitude when he gets called out, and he's like, "Right, you're my bitch now. You work for me. Do what oh, I say." Oh, it was a bracelet, says Mirror, uh, not a tattoo in the manga. Ah, uh, that's a that's a. Mm. I'd be happy with that to be honest if that had made it as as was in the manga to the anime because that's I mean I but I wouldn't that would be even dumber. I mean you can get a tattoo and for almost forget like it just as a part of your skin, you know what I mean? And you're wearing a shirt, but but like you make a conscious decision to put your put your bracelet on. I feel like that's even worse. Tattoo in a very obviously seeable place though. So you know I mean what if we put like a like a Lee Syndicate baseball cap on? It's, in, it's on his, you know, like driver's license or something. He has an ID card. Yeah, he has it on a lanyard. No, 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 just no, hanging no, out. no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one better. He's got it on his LinkedIn profile. That's what he's got. <laughs> when they do the, when Shorter's man does the Google search, they find it. <laughs> Actually, you'd be surprised. He's a criminal. <laughs> um, anyway. Off the grid. <clears throat> So, oh boy! The next the next scene is actually uh, after you know, Lu Young says like you know you're my bitch now you do as I say. Um, we have eBay and Ash discussing what's going to happen with Asia because they've realized that their visas apparently have expired. I mean, they've only been there like a week or so and they're yeah. already gone. I mean, I know immigration's a thing right now, but come on, guys, this is a bit daft. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. Um, so they now need to, of course, tell Asia that you know this is the end of the line. You're leaving the country. For many good reasons, not just least of which is the fact your visa's fucking run out. Um, so during at, at about like the eleven minute mark, the eleven twenties, there's some really good like bell chime music. Like it was fucking incredible. Like not discordant this time. Like it was good uh, on its own, but it synced up really well with what was going on. Uh, boy, I love the music right around that time. I think that's mm-hmm. when eBay and Ash are sort of hashing out like okay i'll be the bad guy you know what i mean mm, he's like no yeah, don't that's... do it and then max is like no let him do it yeah this is this is the discussion they have now in that you know ash is the one who's gonna like you know tell e- aj like you know it's done it's over so they go out and they have a conversation which uh, ash pretty flatly like credits with voice acts here like there's a couple of different ways you can do this which is just him start screaming at him or maybe you know Maybe Ash would not possibly believe that he wanted to get rid of AJ or they was in AJ's best interest, and so he could kind of like place like, oh well, you know, you really could leave the country. He just says it very plainly, which I really, really liked actually, because um, it was more subtle hmm. than just you know being that kind of flamboyant. But at the same time, you know, it is very matter of fact that well, 
Yeah. Much as he doesn't want to admit it, AG is a liability. He has, you know, the one chance he had to save his own life in that episode where they tried to assassinate Dino, he dropped it. He dropped the ball. He didn't yeah. kill the guy in front of him. Not an easy decision to make. Not going to trivialize that. At the same time, if shot hadn't been speed, he was a dead man. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I loved this scene too. Like, mm. it was not... It was he really didn't good. become like a, like a cartoon character. He wasn't like yeah. yelling and angry and like... He didn't do anything that felt like, like you said, um, false to his feelings. You know, he just laid laid out the bare facts, and uh, and even then, he didn't feel like he convinced them. You know, he came downstairs and said, "Your turn, eBay." So yeah, that was super <laughs> cool. I loved that. And then everyone gets a turn. Every yes. single person gets yeah. a turn. Then Max gets a turn. Then the old lady gets a turn. <laughs> <laughs> And then the you know the lady that we saw at the very beginning she comes back in. Yeah. <laughs> They're all gonna have a go at trying to convince AJ to leave the country. Come home. Um, there is one thing I really want to note here about something that's with shadows. Um, when the scene is about to conclude, there is a shot of Ash against the wall of the balcony. Just him. AJ's out of shot. But the shadows you can see both his and AJ's shadow in frame as he's talking. I really fucking love this little touch here because ideally a Ash would want AG to stay. And that's yeah. the you know, the shadow is the possibility of that. Like this is where it could be, like that they would be together. But mm -hmm. it's not. It's a fleeting thing that will disappear when the sun goes down because funnily enough it is sunset. Yeah. This they they have a lot of was magnificent. Yeah. I loved it. Fucking loved it. So good. They have a lot of talks uh during sunset. Well, you know, it's the Michael Bay effect. Just needs more lens flares. I think there, there's a part where they're overlooking his hometown, like the fields in the sunset. There's the scene where um, I feel like maybe the, this one was Max and Ash, but when Ash is crying a little bit, thinking about his hometown, they're going to go there from New York. I think the sun is setting there, um, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. So there's a lot of a lot of important discussions that happen at sunset. Not least of which is, of course, this relevance to what we learn about Yurt Long in a bit as well, particularly with the name that was given to him. Not Yurt Long, but something else, a title more, I would say. Um, AJ, by the way, uh, says, I need to work out my feelings. So I think this is possibly the closest we're getting now to an actual outright statement, you know, like he has feelings for Ash. Mm -hmm. um, feelings may not necessarily be towards Ash, but like, you know, it's more a broad term, perhaps, maybe. But things are certainly progressing for them both. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Luke is right, actually. Yeah, I would be, I would be okay if it was like an airplane-style skit. Anything that includes more airplane-related stuff is good by me. I'm totally down with that. I mean, if Leslie Nielsen just came in through the door oh and said, God. "Just wish, wish you all good luck," oh <laughs> like you know, before they left the house, that mm -hmm. would be amazing. That would be that would be brilliant. Um, so eBay starts talking to AG and says, like, you know, we gotta go. Uh, AG starts crying, because uh, he still needs to decide, so he doesn't really know what to think about the whole situation. God, that uh, scene was his... great. That was mm. so good, because, like, if we leave now, what was it even... Like, why did I even come here? Because if yeah, we leave now, I haven't accomplished anything. I haven't seen anything through. Yeah. I mean, it ties back into, of course, what um, it was sort of revealed about AG's past. Right. You know? Hang on. Through. Just a moment. I have to take a quick break. Ooh. Do, 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 do.
Hello, we're back. He's uh, back. He's that's also had to buy a bear as well. <laughs> I had to uh, search for a missing a missing printer cable. <laughs> My glory is uh, right. I'll be totally okay with that as well. <laughs> Basically, anything you can take from that film and you can insert it to anything. Never mind banana fish. Is great. Would uh, would you still be my friend if I said I hadn't seen Airplane? Just a hypothetical. I'm not saying whether I have don't or even, I haven't. Don't, don't even fucking make this hypothetical. Don't make me get on an actual fucking plane and come over to that fucking country you call the United States of America and fucking make me watch that film. Don't you... Is it streaming anywhere? It's on Netflix. Is it? Well, Netflix UK. You haven't seen it, have you? You have not seen it. I can neither confirm nor deny. Don't you fucking bullshit. <laughs> you fucking bullshit, sir. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, Pinocchio had a fucking log nose, but yours is going to come across the fucking state line in a minute, you fly bastard. Oh my god, I've never been so triggered. Never been so fucking triggered. Jesus Christ. Alright, anyway, let's move on. <clears throat> let's move on. Uh, so, last time when we were discussing it... It is uh, not on Netflix. That... And not on oh, Netflix US. Oh, the closest uh, anyway. thing is PBS's City in the Sky. It explores the magnitude and scale of modern air travel. Uh, Spy Hard with Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Ice Pilots. Don't know what that is. Not these are airplanes, so I don't care. Uh, thir- <laughs> third. <laughs> The third most relevant return search from airplane is where the where's the money? Um, Mira has a good point, by the way, uh, Doc. You need to make that into a Twitter poll. What's that? <laughs> Would you be friends with someone who's in the airplane? Do it. <laughs> yep. Do it. And doing it now. Do doing it. it now. It's right. it's uh it's going up on the. So while Doc is you know preparing to you know get himself destroyed by a Twitter poll in which it'll be unanimous no vote um what is happening next is that ash immediately hits the booze after having had that conversation with aj uh max is there with him and they have more of a heart to heart here about what's going to happen next kind of a repeat of the previous conversation although max says i am going to go with you and help you uh however i'm going to give all the data that we found to the new york tribune that's not for debate uh but as far as like you know doing the rest of the journey goes a deal with dino i'm in for the long haul um a problem that will uh, unfortunately come back to bite him later, as it turns out. Oops. Um, speaking of coming back to bite someone, uh, we're back to, you know, Look Young and Shorter. And mm. there's more discussion here about what's going to happen next, which is basically that if Shorter tells on Lutz, uh, you know, that he's a spy and is, you know, going to stab him in the back, uh, his sister's dead. Simple as that. I mean, we've already seen what happens to people in this show you know go against the mobsters like no one's safe no one is safe in fact we'll even learn that there's literally no one that's safe later on like holy crap i kind of had to you know take a breather at the ending moments of this episode so i thought all right okay that's happened with shots so let's see how this oh geez fuck oh darn anyway we're not there yet <clears throat> so Shaw, however isn't really taking this line down he actually pins lots the bed and is about to stab him this and scene was stabbed. um Kind of erotic, by the way. <laughs> it had yeah. that, it had that uh, that air about it. Because yeah. uh, because Yulun was a little bit uh, swept off his feet. 
Oh, like, oh I my, can... you've pinned me down. Hmm. And you're about to stab me. You're being oh. very aggressive, sir. Oh, that's shorter. Oh. So aggressive. Oh, that's shorter. Um, but Shorter starts telling him about, like, you know, oh, the Lees were people we looked up to because they were the, you know, the ones who had to survive in this foreign land. The scene fucking you know, ruled. <laughs> it was so good. God. And you know, look at you. You're just a fucking bunch of cancerous assholes who, you know, aren't looking yep. out for any of us anymore. You're just, you're of just a poisonous snake. And Man, I never believed what people said about you. I always stood up for you. And look mm-hmm. at your ass now. You're like selling everybody out, fucking stabbing us in the back. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Shaw unfortunately gives in and leaves. Uh, Lee's magnificent hair is unfortunately slightly damaged, but not fully tarnished. It's not like, you know, um... oh my god, I cannot believe I put on a name. What's the lead female character from Katana uh... Guitar? What was the name? The okay, don't ask me because I, I haven't seen that one. Would you be friends with someone who has seen Katana Katari? <laughs> that's, that's, you can take that leave that one, because Katana Katari is... It's alright. It's good, even. There don't, are very good episodes in it. Don't tell Ella Jeans. <laughs> don't tell Ella Jeans that you said that. She'll fight uh, you. <laughs> Natasha loves Katana Katari. Hey, Katana Katari is really good, right until the close of the episode, and then it's just... Well, you remember all this stuff that you really got invested in and thought was going to go really end really well? No, it's just fuck you. Oh, that's a shame. Thank, thanks, that's Isi, a shame. Isin, however you pronounce that name. Anyway, that's just my opinion, mind you. Don't take it from me. So, like, mm-hmm. I know that in a lot of, um, especially like, uh, I should re- I should redo the start of this because I'd be talking out of my ass if I say a lot of. I have seen a number of shoujo anime or manga. And again, this is like, this was the kind of demo that it, this story was originally uh, marketed to. Um, mm-hmm. There, There's a, it's a very, um, I want to know how to put this nicely. Because if you just say standard trope, that sounds a little bit uh, like a pejorative. And I don't mean it that way. I mean, like, it's a a tried-and-true storytelling convention about, you know, when characters cut their long hair, Mm -hmm. kind of the change that they're undergoing psychically or spiritually is meant to kind of be a physical manifestation of that, like a signpost. Do you think that, like, that this sort of hair loss from Yulung is indicative of that in any way? Because this talk really did seem to shake him up a little bit, like, like I think it really got to well, him a little bit in some well, way. Well, I've, I'm going to save that for my talking plan. So okay. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to put that out there for a bit because I do want to talk more about him. Uh, I will say, as someone who did start shaving their head a couple of years back, though, uh, it didn't result in a dramatic change in my personality. It did make me look more like a white supremacist than I'd be otherwise happy with. But the alternative was another top moving for a head. So you know, quid pro quo. I guess that you're not a literary character, then, sadly. No, I'm afraid not. I am not fictional, I'm afraid, folks. I am a very, very real person. Sorry. <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings. I do care about yours. Thank you. And yours. And yours. Not so much the person in the back. Fuck that. No, no. Get out. Get um, out. <laughs> okay, so after that conversation concludes... Um, it's not quite over, though. I mean, I felt like at that point like we'd climaxed 
quote unquote wink wink with the episode. Sorry, that's no. the worst possible. That's the worst possible word I could have used following that kind of scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, we go back to Jessica uh, and, of course, Michael. And Michael spots some guys walking down, you know, the path and the drive. And, well, I could have literally stopped the episode right there because I was like, oh, Jesus. That sure, is, that sure as shit ain't the fucking, you know, Domino's delivery man coming down here. Great. So they kick the door in. This fucking hurt me, dude. It did, and nothing's not, happened yet. <laughs> that's the terrifying thing, though. Like, I've seen enough of this show now where I'm like, okay, what's the most horrible fucking thing that could happen here? Oh, great. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> well, look, right, the original look I was going for was the cane from the Command and Conquer series, and I'm almost kind of there. Oh, I need to get rid of all the hair this way. Like, it's just down here. And I, you know, start talking about peace through power and all that, and you know, BDI are wankers, then I could be Kane from Command. Um, part of me would like to believe, by the way, that this particular choice of ending here, where you know we just have that imminent threat of Jessica's, you know, well-being, or and of course Michael. I mean, no one's safe in this. Doesn't matter how old you are, or what gender you are, what you look like, what your ethnicity is, doesn't matter. But I shouldn't care. Everything's fair game. Uh, but the point I was going to make was that it feels to me like this would be the natural endpoint for the volumes of the manga because I'm merely not familiar with the release schedule of the manga when it was originally coming out back in the 80s, but I would imagine it was probably serialized maybe, I was, I was going to say Shonen Jump, but that's probably unlikely I'd actually give them the content. I would say probably a different um, magazine or serialized uh, publication entirely. But nonetheless, it will have been serialized in some form, so it makes sense for there to be some kind of, you know, cliffhanger kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, this is why JoJo's, you know, you might have watched it on TV and thought to yourself, Wait a minute, why so many two parts where they're always suddenly in dire straits at the end of it like it's the fucking Adam West Batman series? No! <laughs> no. Oh, great. Luther! Great. Why? Fantastic. Thanks, Luther. So, you mean to tell me there's stuff worse than all the various horrible things that we've seen so far? Boy. There's no any alcohol left in this. <laughs> no. Shit. That's oh. oh, it's been a lot, but I guess it could still be more. Indeed, um, otherwise that's the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a, ri a rich boy. Uh, fuck. You can rely on the old man's money. Now I will say this though, right? Actually, regards to, you know worrying about Jessica, we've seen her. If the next episode opened and we got a phone call, you know, to Max, and he's like, "Jessica, are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. We're all fucking dead." <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, no. It's all, no, no. It'd be like yes. if you've ever played The Last of Us. Right, there's that interrogation scene <laughs> in which Joel has got two, like one guy against the chair, one guy against the radiator. He's like, you know, markups, fucking. Like that would be <laughs> that would be the thing I would imagine Jessica doing. She strikes me as being, you know, hard as nails. Mm -hmm. Like she would probably kick the evolving shit about all, all three of them. I would buy that. So we'll Just see what happens. Both barrels, pow, pow, to all oh. all suited men walking through her door. All all yeah. yakuza. Well, imagine if Max gets back and's like, Jessica, you all right? And then a guy just flies out of the front window. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. Would, it would be perfect. So I'd love it. It's like, yeah, she's fine. She's got this. But like, I think it actually 
serves to underscore how terrible and terrifying it is when you know a fucking firecracker like Jessica. You know, she's nobody's fool. She's a tough mama. Like, she's going to protect her boy. She has fire. Like, when those guys come in, she she's scared. She's nervous, anxious. She has to, she, she grabs her son. She's, yeah, she's not, yeah, she's not naive. And hold them close because it's a, shit is about to go down. Like, it just mm. makes it, it makes it so much, so much more traumatic, I feel like, that even this person, mm. this tough character is, uh, like reduced in this way boy mm-hmm. i'm not looking forward to i i god i hope they both make it out i fucking really really you know do. you know it must be said like it's one of those things like where a show could be something that you don't look forward to see what happens next but you do because it's good mm-hmm. yeah like this is like breaking bad kind of feeling you know when you go from episode to episode yeah and you're like oh god what awful shit could possibly happen next mm-hmm. but you want to know because yeah. you're genuinely interested in what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that. Let's do talking points. <clears throat> All right. Talking the points. I will. Uh, I will go first. So my first talking point was the scene we actually didn't touch on that mm-hmm. I found incredibly interesting was, so we spent a lot of time talking, getting the factual details right, or discussing implications of um, what it meant that uh, Yulung... Uh, was able to sneak up behind well he didn't sneak up on him he just had a presenceless approach uh, mm-hmm. and AG said you know AG sensed him like sensed the lack of presence on his part like that blank space and turned around you know got freaked out there was another scene I think Max approached him from behind and similarly it scared the shit out of him like he was up and turned around and said, like, I don't like people approaching me from behind. But there is a part uh, where Eiji comes into the room after Ash has been hacking and just comes up behind Ash, approaches mm. loudly, mm. no talking to him, um, mm. no um, trying to mask his presence. Uh, not no talking to him. He comes up and he is talking to him. He's he's not trying to hide his presence. He's like, "Hey, uh, what's up? You know, have you found anything?" He leans and, over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And they give each other like a really uh, a nice high five handshake. That there's a little bit of a lingering hold there. Um, and Yu Lung looks on it, and certainly you know he's thinking, um, "Well, I can use this against Ash." Um, mm-hmm. I can use this connection that I see the nonverbal body language evidence of against him. But um, something about it also, like, what, am I alone in detecting a little trace of envy in his, his glance at AG? Yeah, no. Um, okay. You're absolutely not. Um, this is, I'm going to get into this a bit when it gets to Leon, but you're absolutely right, though. Like, I'm going to just say, like, about Ash and Eiji at the moment, one of the nagging little feelings I had about this episode was I felt that it, like, people have said that there's a lot of volumes to Banana Fish, and it can, it's going to need to condense stuff. This episode did feel a bit condensed in certain respects, particularly of how Ash reacts to Lot Young. He says, uh, Lot Young says uh, specifically at one point later, maybe this is a sub thing, maybe this is me being really, really pedantic, uh, so I apologize if this is not true. He says he noticed my moves. I'm like, 
what booze? The only one you did was that you came in very quietly. And I'm yeah. thinking, is there some cut content here from the manga where there was another scene, just maybe the one, uh, in which they had, like, you know, a moment in which... He did know, a break dance. <laughs> well, no. Was, Senpai was, noticed was, my moves. He was hanging from the ceiling, clearly. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could have been something innocuous as, like, you know, a plate falls from, like, from the kitchen and then look, just catches it without even looking it. I don't know. But it felt to me like that they, a lot of it felt a bit condensed. Uh, and when it comes to Ash and AJ, like, that, um, like, their relationship is progressing a little bit. But that actual intimate handshake that was there, like, you know, where they held hands for a bit long after, I was like, are we jumping a couple of steps here? Are we playing snakes and ladders and going up, you know, going, <laughs> going up? This is not a, snakes this is and ladders. This is not me being like critical of the episode on a rice. I think it's still fine. I just got the impression that this felt a bit compacted relative to its original format. Um, I imagine, for example, like you know why we had that thirty-second scene of the California intro where they saw that mm-hmm. movie with the you know the you know the who wears short shorts lady. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those, the, the, I mean. Sometimes, you know, animation is all about the imagination, you know, and leading things up to, you know, the viewers. <laughs> there was nothing to the imagination on nope. there. Nope. I mean... Welcome we had, to we Cali. Had two, we had two trucks. One of them was the van and one of them was that lady. Uh, they certainly weren't hiding either of them. hey uh, Anyway, um, that particular scene, like, I get the impression that in the manga that might have been a bit longer as well, rather than just being... Uh-huh the equivalent of a 30 second insert where they ride and just like that was the one defining feature of california apparently <laughs> like not like you know surfers or anything like that hot ladies so I get the feeling they might be more. <laughs> that's just me though mind you i could be completely off base on all yeah but i um so there there's that aspect to it uh the the sort of the hint of envy that is there mm-hmm. um but just j- just the whole thing of you know someone approaching ash from behind and because because ash feels that it's Aji, he lets down all those very tense you know tightly coiled kind of uh uh barriers boundaries guards and lets him in lets him approach even even just this kind of uh this level of intimacy which i mean wouldn't even think of typically talk about something like this as intimate like i i walked up to you and gave you five or approached you from behind to talk to you while you were sitting in the office chair but for ash it is because man he's he's built up all these walls you know it's like he told ag like you know i this really sucks that you have to go back because you're the only person that ever did something for me without expecting anything in return yeah Um, exactly so I, even though it's like several layers removed from what, you know, you normally think of as romantic or intimate, like that scene was incredibly sweet to me and I, mm. I really dug it. You're right. You're right. I did, I did think that's that, which just makes me feel kind of bad, but now, oh well, shit. <laughs> anyway, um, no, you're entirely right. Like, and the funny thing is like, let's recognize that that is his, you know, weak spot and he can put pressure on that so we'll see how that goes we've we've already seen you know age get you know manhandled by arthur once so who's to say what's going to happen again so i mean at this point like you know all the family members the sister jessica age you named it they're all places in which pressure is being applied by the bad guys they're not leaving anything to chance they're going in from all angles so 
Alright, talking okay, point for me. Let's talk about the Wolf Now, the title that he has is that he is the moon, essentially. It was, what was his full title? I don't think it, it wasn't just the moon. There is the dragon. Um, moon dragon? Yeah. He's the dark side of the moon, something like that. Oh, <laughs> so it's the Pink Floyd album. He is right? the oh, Pink Floyd album. Yes. The yeah, best Pink enough. Floyd album. <laughs> fair enough. Um, well, funny that we should mention the moon, because here's the thing. Um, Dragon under the before, moon. Like, you know, something like that. Sorry. We mentioned before, like, we mentioned before, like you know, about how um, Lot seemed envious of that particular you know, scene between Ash and Aging. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see what seems to be reticence from him or, you know, self-doubt in the scene between uh, him and Shaw, particularly after Shaw has left. So, maybe this is incredibly obvious symbolism here, but the moon, of course, as you've rightly pointed out, does have a dark side to it and a light side, depending on, you know, how much light is shining on it at a particular time. So, part of me wonders to myself, like, you know, if this has already been laying the groundwork for a possible heel turn later from the moon. Um, it's clear... <laughs> it's clear that there is indeed, you know, some rest to this part. Like, I mean, there was mention, for example, of him looking like a girl at the start when the guys, you know, thought that was the case. Mm-hmm. Possibly that might play into it. I don't know. There may be something in that. Um, Ash also mentioned, of course, you know, about parents being shitty. So bear in mind that we've had a number of, like, the family thing is constant throughout this mm-hmm. episode. We, of course, have Jessica and, and Michael, you know. And what's happening? I mean, Michael's like fairly okay for a kid, actually. He's, I mean, we don't get much of an impression, of course, but he's fine. And of course, what's happened to his parents is ter- it's crappy and terrible, but sometimes that has to happen. And then, of course, we have the fact there's mention of brothers and the warring, you know, bloodshed inside the actual, you know, or- family organization. So I'm already really interested to see what they do with Lot going forward in terms mm-hmm. of, like, you know, this duality. Because we've already seen a dual sided nature up to him already how he presents himself to the group, you know, as, like, mild-mannered, oh, well, I- I'll just serve you some jasmine tea, I'm nice, like, you know, don't mind me. I'm just in the background, I'm just a nobody. Just a wilting versus, flower. <laughs> versus, of course, the alternative, which is, right, you work for me now. Simple as that. Um, so I'm I am, really, I am really the one who knocks, etc. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So cool. Um, but there's also, of course, you know, mythological elements to the moon as well, like, you know, the people show their true nature when the moon comes out. Mm. Werewolves, you know, lycanthropy, etc. Oh! I'm not saying, of course, he is going to start doing that. (laughs) That would would be funny for Banana Fish, but that's not what's going to happen. He's going to become a a great basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) But in in addition as well, the moon only also, of course, comes out or is revealed when it's reflected by sunlight. Moonlight is nothing more than a reflection from the moon of sunlight itself. So, Picture this, if you will, as a metaphor, but what is the source of sunlight in here that's suddenly causing what's to come out? Ash and perhaps? Hmm. You know, how many different sides will matter? Mm-hmm. There's a lot There's a lot to unpack here, and yeah. I'm certainly already very fascinated by his character and how this is going forward. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe the symbolism is very on the nose. I mean, the moon is literally pictured in a shot when he's looking out the window, so this is kind of, this is kind of already, you know, very, you know, like, hey, do you get it? Do you get it? Like, <laughs> it's right... Like, it's right there in front of your face. My I'm first really... metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still really intrigued by it. And one other thing I want to very quickly mention here is... God damn it. Oh, disruptive. Oh the chat getting disruptive. I like it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Please keep it up. I fucking knew the leaves were werewolves. God fucking <laughs> 
on that. Oh. Um, one other thing I want to very quickly mention, and this is not criticism, but this is just something that I'd be very interested to see if it did happen. So, obviously, Shaw, as you know... Oh, is this a topic well, change? Uh, it can be, actually. We'll, I'll save it. Okay, well, if you're going to... So, um, I was going to... Before you move on from Yulung, uh, I thought sort of how he explains his role was really, really cool. Like, you know, the, the sense I got was that the idea was the idea is that in order for the syndicate to prosper and to grow and exist as a power during the day right or to <laughs> to or metaphorically like to uh people that see it right to, to how it's seen by other people uh mm -hmm. unseen things have to happen Bad shit has to go down in the night. Skull duggery. Yes, yes. One of my favorite words. Uh, I don't get skull Skull duggery. Uh, shenanigans. Ballyhoo. Shenanigans. <laughs> that all has work. to. Uh, riff raff. Uh, Donnybrook, etc., etc. <laughs> things have to go. Things have to occur. Uh, unseen. <laughs> uh, blood has to be spilled in the night for the to support the syndicate during the day. And you know, I mean, I just. This is just an interesting, broader philosophical point, I guess, um, because uh, <laughs> unrelated to banana fish, I've been a few weeks ago, I was reading the early portions of the people's history of the United States and the United States as a nation is an entity that like from the mid 20th century on like post-world war ii is kind of seen by the world as like one of the good guys right uh, a power mm -hmm. for good uh, a positive force on the world stage mm -hmm. but a whole lot of awful terrible maniacal horrible shit happened uh at the founding of this country yep and so like i guess is this just the nature of of organizations slash nations slash functioning units like are, are when what am i trying to say are all these kinds of things founded on this original sin of bloodshed does there always have to be awful shit that happens uh does walter white always have to be dealing drugs in the night for his son to go to college and become a successful doctor or whatever like uh, for his is... own fucking health bills uh, <laughs> yeah yeah to serve, right i mean well... yes in that show because the american healthcare system is no disrespect to yourself that but in your country it's shit it's bad. absolute shite it's a I shambles mean, slag, off the NH... slag, slag off the nhs all you want but it is not a patch on the fucking bag of wank that the uh, American healthcare system yeah, is. It's I mean, I've watched me. Michael Moore. I've watched Michael Moore's sicko, and I will never forget the fucking anecdote from that mother who had health insurance. Her like babe, like her really young child was choking. Called ambulance. Went to hospital. Wouldn't take her health insurance. Kid dies. Had to go to a different hospital several miles away. Fucking bag of shit. Simple as that for that to happen. Yeah. Fucking choking. I, 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 I guess. Think, I, think, I, I could have sorted that. I'm first aid trained. I could yeah. have fucking sorted. 
Well, not so. Yeah, and I didn't. Be really angry about that. I know. I know. I, I didn't necessarily mean to make it about like healthcare per se. No, um, no, no. I just get. I just get. But no, but you're right. I mean, you're justifiably mad, and I'm. I'm with you. I guess. Yeah. It just brought to mind like this very general question: Um, Are all nations or you know large groups, organizations, syndicates, uh, like? You know, is there is there a necessary sort of dirty underbelly to mm-hmm. to make to support all the good things that happen? Um, I'd like to think not, but clearly the Lee organization has embraced what they believe is true about reality and well, they are, they their are own organization. They are criminal. Yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, yeah, but not. There is one thing I want to add, by the way, actually, about William that just came to mind when you were talking about it before. So, he mentioned specifically that Tashar said, oh, you thought there were only six Lee brothers, well, there's actually seven, with I being the seventh. So here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's to me, reads as a public perception. Like, people who know the Lee family think there are six. Mm-hmm. And again, let's think about the duality element here of what character has been established thus far and in relation also to the shitty parents thing mm-hmm. imagine like if you were a child raised this family as a criminal and yet you still couldn't lead a normal life because clearly he's not allowed to you know in public be recognized as a member of the family he's already been living under this fake Ooh. persona for example yeah. there is no so, public for <laughs> i don't think he can no, come but, out during the day no there is no public for him so keep, I'm going to keep that in mind as we go along and he sees others interacting because remember that enviousness? You know, where those... I mean, maybe he wasn't even necessarily envious in the fact that he himself is homosexual. Maybe it's just, a, you know, that like I want to have that kind of, you know, friendship or not, or that kind of relationship where I could be, like, you know, buddy buds. Oh, well, let me know. let me just let me just stop you right there and say, Dollars to Donuts, Yulung is absolutely gay. <laughs> I'm going to lean, I'm gonna lean <laughs> very strongly towards that being true as well. But I'm just saying that maybe, like, it, whatever way you want to read it, it still comes across to me like you know that he's now had kind of like you know a hint of you know maybe i don't have to deal with this maybe i don't have to be hiding in the showers all the time maybe i can come out maybe i can you know like i mean hell if he is gay then that alone in itself is a coming out metaphor Mm -hmm. so there you go right right by the way i don't even i don't even know what dollars to donuts means don't don't know the etymology it's It's just yeah it's just a bridge (laughs) It's a bridge it's to your idiom. next point. <laughs> it's an idiom. It's an idiom. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to bring up, actually, this it's is uh, this isn't a criticism of Shaw's actions, by the way. This is just me hypothesizing. It's something really interesting. What Banana Fish is currently doing is it's racking up a lot of the pressure points on the group. We've got, of course, Max, who next episode is probably going to be in absolute fucking fits one way or the other over what's happened with, you know, his ex-wife Boy. and his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got Shorter. He is, uh, you know, clearly, you know, on a leash now. is uh, going to be a pressure point. I'm surprised that they haven't put pressure on eBay at this point as well. I mean, the funny thing is, you know what you mentioned before about the consulates, you know, and the immigration, the visas? Prediction. Next episode, they find out they can't get out of the country. They'll be stopped at the airports. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was what the kidnapping of Aji was meant to do, was to stop them leaving. But, because mm-hmm. surely eBay won't 
won't leave without him. But maybe maybe before he's kidnapped, they'll try to leave and then they won't be able to. But who can say? Who can say? Um, we will see. <laughs> the point I, the point I went to make though was that um, Shorter I reckon actually or rather what I'd like to see is that he should tell Ash. Now, hear me out. This sounds like a suicidal course of action, but we'll be honest. How interesting would it be if we had the kind of character strings to play where Ash knows about it, but he also knows what'll happen if he does anything direct to look. And then they have to kind of like play up this kind of like, you know, cloak and daggers thing. You know, everyone's got their secrets. Like, the interplay between that would be incredible, I reckon. You know, if Ash was there, like, right, I really do want to stab this prick, because I know, I know he's, you know, got shot by the balls, and he's got, you know, he's, he's going to do something to Age, he's going to do something to me, but I can't, and I have to play along. That would, I mean, if it doesn't happen, I don't mind. This is not me criticizing Shaw for not saying anything, because, like, I mean, I've said before about potholes and character motivations, like, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect in that scenario, like, that you wouldn't no. think so, wait a minute, I could tell Ash, but not, you know, actually expect him to do anything about it if we just be careful and cunning about it. He probably I, is absolutely I bet he, petrified. Yeah, and I bet, like, this is me going out on a limb, but I bet Ash already kind of suspects something is a bit, like, oh, he do you know that they're, like, the way they were talking, like, just sort of, like, I mean, it was very jovial and very casual, but it was so unlike their conversations up to this point. I bet that they have, like, some kind of, they can just either sense kind of how each other's feeling or, like, maybe they have some code words or some language that, like, yeah. well, if I'm ever fucked up or jammed up but I can't say anything about it, I'll talk about whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't shock me if that was happening. Quite possibly. So I'm. we'll see what happens going forward. But, I mean, it has to be said, like, again, I'm liking the show saying up all these pressure points. It's just going to be a question of how they use them from here on out. Um, I mean, look young himself, like, you know, already really fascinated by his character, so seems mm-hmm. to have a lot of dimensions to swim, just from the little hints that we've been given. And I'll be curious to see how they develop from here on out. You know, a couple of threatening phone calls, perhaps, from his older brothers, like, you're fucking up, why have you not delivered him yet? And he's like, oh, God, do I have to put these pricks forever? Nah, I'll, I'll go and help the good guys out. We'll find out in due course, absolutely, but um, just by throwing out there as a, as a thought exercise. All right, so my next point concerns uh, concerns Ash and that scene in which Max is telling him that, that it, things have become too big for him. Mm-hmm. That this is not just about you and your revenge anymore. This is much bigger. This is a national conspiracy. I think interesting things are happening there. I think Ash's journey is in some ways beginning to parallel with Aegis here because from the outset it's been very clear that Aegis is getting into something that is far too big for him that is way out of his league out of his depth he doesn't know what he's dealing with I'd say that coming to New York in the first place, regardless of context, yeah. is probably a bit much. Aegis yes. and the Big Apple, yeah, alone reads like yeah. it's a bit much for him. <laughs> Just like dear eye, like walking around. This oh is New God. York, uh, but like, so in 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 this scene, like you have Ash almost playing the role of Aegis, right? Like, and and Max has to be the one to be like, look, no, like 
You don't understand. You don't understand what you're getting yourself into. Why risk your life? And that is a question that's been put to AG, I think, by us. And you can reasonably ask it. Like, why why are you risking your life in this situation? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, because Ash has been the main character and we spent more time with him, he has this kind of more salient-seeming reasons to continue to put his life on the line. But I think, I think he has one reason above all else, which is that they will come and get him. <laughs> that right? that too. A, yeah, he can't. He kind of can't hide like, from them uh, for long. Yeah. But I mean, but just theoretically speaking, theoretically yeah. he could walk away, right? But I think mm-hmm. both both of them. Well, he could try. He could try. I mean, is what I mean. He can make the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not in terms of outcome, but in terms of his intention, he could decide to get out. Yeah, I um, see. So it's not necessarily about the uh, destination; it's more the starting point. Yeah, like oh, what he intends to do. Like he could change his yeah. trajectory here, just like they're asking AJ to change his trajectory. So I think that they are like, they were so different, but like now their journeys are seeming more and more parallel to me because hmm. both are involved in things that are way larger than they can comprehend. But both, in my opinion, have very salient reasons for continuing to push forward and continuing to. Uh, just move along this path that they have decided for themselves. And I think that that's really cool uh, and does a lot to um, does a lot to bring the characters together and kind of, you know, Ash says they're in different worlds and that is still to some degree true, but I feel like they're entering like nearer orbit. <laughs> The, the the orbits yeah. of the worlds are becoming closer together uh yeah. from well, if, you think, if you think if you think about it this way like there is of course the different worlds thing but who's to say that ag has to come into ash's world who's not to say it can't be the other way around or as i've said before somewhere in the middle i'm not saying that ash is having all his edges sanded off but i'm also not saying you know that uh asian you know his own little way toughen up a little mm-hmm. yeah i mean the joke i made about ag in new york alone being a bad idea <laughs> mostly joke but there is a grain of truth with there he is mm-hmm. certainly you know a very you know he's not very world wise he's not you know well traveled he's not well experienced he's naive i would say not necessarily for his own fault just just, just a touch just a touch mm-hmm. but yeah um we'll see but i think that for ash i don't think there's any real like i understand like you know he's saying about the intent and all that but well, for Sai, if he gave up, there'd be no story. It'd be, uh, it'd be for Sai a bad ending territory. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, God, that that's something. Um, but they both have people but, asking them to get out. Yeah, they do. Um, the, when you said, though, about, you know, about how they're out of depth, though, mm-hmm. now that we've actually got some more info on the banana fish stuff and what Max says about Wicked's Griff, bear in mind, the banana fish found its way to Iraq. Mm-hmm. And it found its way into the hands of U.S. military members as well. Now we don't really know where it's being manufactured. I mean, I mentioned before, like you know, about the idea of it being, you know, Iraq being possibly a standing for Afghanistan, maybe like right. manufacturing all that, you know, mm-hmm. happening out. Or maybe it is being manufactured in U.S. Maybe it's like a Scandinavian situation, like with the Red Death pills. Um, who can say? But for it to get that far out there, like this is why I'm saying, like even if you know. Asia was to leave the country, he's not to say he'd be put back on a different plane coming back against his own will. You know, could be governmental involvement even you know, with the distribution of this particular drug. Who mm-hmm. can say? The conspiracy angle, you know, of the banana fish drug 
takes it a notch above just what is otherwise simply a gang spat mm-hmm. or a lover's or a lover's tip. Not putting the quotes around the tip bit, but uh, sort of the lover's bit between Dino and Ash. Right. Because um, you could, in theory, I would argue, although I think it would diminish the show a little, you could, in theory, strip the entire banana fish conspiracy stuff out entirely. Hmm. It would still function. It would still work. As it a depends on where it goes. Like, you know, if if by episode twelve the goal zines are no more and it's Ash versus the government, oh, <laughs> what? God. Ash versus the man. Yes, exactly. Um, which actually leads me on. To, like, I was actually kind of sharp at talking point, but I just thought of something else here uh, related to the banana fish story. They, they they um, said to they said to call my congressman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've come calling, pal. <laughs> um, okay, so the final thing I'll mention here is just this stuff about the Banavish conspiracy uh, and how it relates to the narrative. Now, I, again, admittedly, am very, very unfamiliar with manga in general. I mean, the only volumes of anything I have are Land of the Lustrous and also My Lesbian Experience of Lotus. I don't have anything of the genre that Banavish comes from, and I'm otherwise not well-read at all. Actually, I tell you, there was one of them, which was the first volume of Barefoot Gen that uh, my sister lent. Oh. That's a fucking read. Yeah, boy, yes. <laughs> that, that volume, by the Man. way, folks, is before the Enola Gay, you know, decides to do a little flyover. Yeah. That like that was before. Like, that happened at the end, and everything that happened up until that point was just fucking... Oh, jeez. Fuck. It's a tough story, fucking... man. The Japanese government were on some fucking shit, honestly, acting the way they did. The fuck. Anyway, <clears throat> we're not talking about that. So, here's the thing, right, about this particular kind of story. Um, I'm wondering if the inclusion of the banana fish conspiracy elements in the narrative serves as a kind of like packaging to help sell the story to people. Because, bear in mind the time this came from, um, it's I mean, it is a gay romance story, after all, with a crime element to it. But part of me thinks to myself, like, a little cynically, perhaps, is the banana fish stuff, the actual drug-related conspiracy stuff, in there help make it more marketable? Or what hmm. the, And I'm not saying that, that, you know, the stuff itself isn't marketable already. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, from the perception of the writers and the original author... Was that possibly something they put in maybe to help it get out there and get more notice? Yeah, I mean... Like, you know, to act as kind of like a packaging, you know? Yep. I mean, I think it's safe to say, like, certainly the gang elements are that, too. Because, you know, it's... You know, I think we talked about this earlier, and it's certainly been written about this this anime season, that, uh, you know, back then, stories that were only about, um, you know, mm-hmm. Shonen I, or about the boys' love, romantic stuff like like they couldn't just be about the that that didn't exist yet as mm. a genre unto itself and a kind of market so they if you wanted to do that you had to put the other trappings around mm. it um so crime story and then yeah maybe like also like uh government conspiracy stuff like mm. is is all part of that um i could yeah. totally see that i mean i have to say as well like thinking about it generally like often when you do romance stories like some some stories like focusing around romance can either be built from the romance up where you have that mm-hmm. as the main thing and then all context follows after that or the romance can be a function of the context like where in this case it's the latter because of course ag and ash meet while they're in the, embroiled in this conspir- criminal conspiracy 
and then their feelings develop, as opposed mm-hmm. to them already being a couple and then getting involved in it after the fact, and so that being more of a minor thing. Like at the moment, the romance element has been very, very subdued and very minimal, I would say, throughout the material thus yeah. far. Yeah. So, firstly, I have to say, like, I the think. O- well, so overtly, Sorry. overtly, right? I mean, there, there is, there are things like we mentioned earlier on with the like he lets you know he lets him unguarded into his oh, vicinity yeah, that, that, that's like there. but but the like there. but yeah like the the explicit romantic stuff i think is going to be uh hard to hard to it's going to be rarer unless they make changes to the material it'll be the uh it'll be you know the bioware pre uh, you know final dungeon you know night under night between the sheets with your love interest kind of thing you know when nothing really happens up to that point no i kid i kid but i have to say like i do also think it's actually kind of ballsy um because i mentioned before like you know about the whole idea of banana fish treating its gay its overtly gay characters as criminals because they are criminals mm-hmm. and kind of you know tying that together as something it then deconstructs i mean it feels like a function of its times that you know it couldn't overtly deal in the subject matter and when it has dealt with overtly in this particular show thus far in this particular material mm-hmm. it is you know through the lens of criminality and power play which a lot of people i suspect at the time would probably have felt that way potentially about gay people i mean again bear in mind what i said in the very first episode mm-hmm. the aids crisis was going on mm-hmm. um, and then later on you had things in the military like you know don't ask don't tell right all sorts of homophobic bollocks happening all the time mm-hmm. so I think it's very ballsy for it to drape it in that way at the start and then, you know, start to deconstruct it and why, because, I mean, we all, I mean, whatever you want to say about Ash and AJ being in a relationship, we certainly at least know at this point that Ash is definitely gay, if not bisexual. And yet, our sympathies are absolutely with him. I mean, I don't think there's anyone even in the 80s who could have walked away from or gone away from reading the volume in which, you know, Ash's history of his father came out and what happened with him and, you know, thought, oh, that Ash, he was in the wrong. No, you can't think that. That's nonsense. No. Sympathies absolutely lie with him, regardless of what line your, you know, you've, his sexuality falls on. So and yet, uh, Miss 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 K is actually just thrown in there. There were literally shoujo manga in the seventies that were all about gay romance. Like, out of there. Hmm. Fair enough then. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Um. I guess my question would be: Was it also platonic, or was it, um, you know? were there physical depictions um because i think from it's my understanding that you know a lot of the stories back then those things existed but they were um written in such a way and the relationships were platonic to such a degree that there was a fine line walked such that plausible deniability could be had by the author or you could be like no uh like this isn't actually gay like they're just really good friends they have a strong romantic friendship you know kind of a thing um you know uh what's the name uh brideshead revisited uh a british novel uh has this where the, the sebastian and charles the two main characters are obviously like gay and obviously love each other in a like in a sexual sort of way but like the relationship remains at a platonic level and mm. you could come away from that book and going they were just like 
there's just this, this like Tolkien-esque idea of a romantic friendship. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, like it was more, I think that that was more common in, in those days to do that sort of thing. Um, but like, I'm not an expert. Like we would have to get, we would have to get on someone like, um, oh boy, why am I forgetting her last name? Erica, uh, shoot. She's a very well-known historian of, uh, of gay, of LGBTQ, um, manga. Uh, someone in the chat will provide her last name. It's Erica Friedman, I think. I think it's Erica Friedman, but she would definitely know for sure, um, Mm. about, kind of the history of depicting uh gay relationships through physicality in manga goes because yeah i don't think there's any question like you said you know ash is gay like Aji and he are, are in love but like my next talking point um was gonna be that How do I put this? So there's a scene in which... Oh, wait, I have to do the sounder. Next point. Okay, next point. <laughs> um, there's a scene in which A.G. is being told to go away by mm-hmm. Ash. And he is saying, you know, how grateful he is for him there. And you're the first person to ever, you know, show me agendaless, pure kindness. Mm-hmm. Everyone else always wanted something from me like mm-hmm. sex he says like sexu <laughs> and uh it's i i feel like boy and we've touched on this before um this this is i i think i'm gonna try to tread carefully here it's my contention and i can be talked out of this that this is an instance of this being a story from 30 years ago that the that gay sex like the physicality that the bodily notion of it is sort of like shade is thrown on it like they always wanted like you know it's always the the bad guys always the people that want to use me that want sex sex is over here but what you and I seem to have is kind of the spiritual love connection, the platonic love connection that doesn't need, it's pure, it doesn't need that. And I mean, I don't think that there's necessarily anything How do I say this? I can see how if you're a member of the LGBTQ community, like being annoyed by that. You know, being like why can't why can't it be both like why do we have to as you say like i think you've pointed out before like vilify all the you know people that want to engage in sex acts (laughs) that are gay and have as like the good pure boys who don't over here um and again i know that this is not stated outright by the author or the or in the the manga but i think this is this is the kind of how things are playing out. This is this is the coding, um, and play, again, educate me here if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, and this is not something I like am holding against the story. I'm not because 
it is a 30 year old story like i understand that authors were working under different limitations and constraints back then i just thought it was worth pointing out yeah well i have two things to say in response to that the first thing is again that i've said this like with stuff before like where people are unhappy with like you know ragu's depiction kill the killers being bisexual right i think that i again speaking as a cis-set man here so i apologize if i'm out of place here or out of touch with this but i think the context is key um in the context <laughs> of this book, the pl- okay so uh well mongolian talks about the french kiss like <clears throat> the only one that's happened so far right was to uh ash was using to put the the pill in his in in Aji's, uh mouth or whatever right to get the mm-hmm. message to him so yeah. again there's a plausible deniability element like you could write off it's like oh it's not like that was there like just to as a way to a like means to, end. to like communicate outside of prison you know what i mean yeah means to end yes mm-hmm. well um in the case of like what's happening here again the context i think is very important ash's like you know entire experience with physicality in terms of like you know intimacy has always been you know one of abuse one in which he has very much been you know the one the receiving end be it from, you know, the baseball coach or Dino or whoever else. It's not something he's ever had his own terms faxed into. Like, you know, he's never had a part in that decision, you know, like how, how it plays out. He's always been a possession. So I think that if, the, you know, he is reluctant or hesitant or unwilling to, like, be intimate with AJ, there's plenty of reasoning why. Like, it's not something, I mean... There's that difference between, you know, what you say in your head, like, oh, I know age is nothing like those people, versus what your body feels, what you're trained to feel. Like, there are many behaviors I've done in my lifetime and still do these days, which I know intellectually in my head are completely wrong or pointless, but I still do them anyway. I mean, mm. I bite my nails, for example. I know that's a stupid fucking thing to do. Can't stop it, though. It's something ingrained into my being because I've been doing it since I was a kid. So I think that context is key in this, but I understand, like, you know, that. Also, the second point I'm going to make is that this is one of the things about adapting material like this. I mean, we've seen adaptational touches thus far in terms of, like, you know, banana fish updating its technology. The mm-hmm. USB pen drive, uh, the GPS, you know, the Windows XP computer. I mean, yeah. cell phones, yeah. etc. One, <laughs> one of the things that it is not... I mean, I'm, again, speaking as a cis-set man here, can't really truly appreciate what would be necessary or required to be a satisfying story for, uh, for LGBT people. So I apologize again if I'm speaking out of turn. Here. Um, but one of the things I don't see adapting or changing is the way in which events play out to, more, to be more powerful to modern audiences. The thing about works is that they always have a shelf life. So what could have been conceived in his, historically as a feminist work, like I remember reading The Awakening as a feminist piece of literature when I was doing my mm. A level, uh, that probably is completely and insufficient for modern feminism. And I'm not even saying necessarily it needs to be a stronger, you know, kind of work in that regard. Maybe it was too much, or maybe it's not nuanced enough. Who can, who can say? Mm-hmm. So what I'm not seeing from Banana Fish, and this is something that I'm going to always have a blind spot on, is how satisfactory it is as a work of LGBTQ plus fiction to people who are LGBTQ plus. Because it's not changing those attitudes. It still feels 80s in certain respects with the way it handles things. And I'm wondering if that was a conscious choice by the people doing the adaptation or not, because they currently are making changes to the materials as they go along. 
but they're more of the mechanical kind of ones, or, you know, the period ones, rather than the actual subject. So, I'll, we'll have to see. I mean, again, I'm not going to pretend that I know absolutely anything about this kind of subject matter. I am completely and utterly blind to this, you know, thing. I'm not going to pretend I can speak on behalf of LGBT plus people. Like, Jesus Christ, that'd be the most stupid fucking thing ever. Um, but I do wonder if, you know, people who are LGBT plus, who watch Banana Fish, the anime, which is trying to update itself to be more modern and more palatable, might still feel it's still kind of dated in how it handles that. We'll have to see. But I do think that it's not reasonable to say that, you know what, like, there are still things that I think are quite reasonably well done, like, you know, people viewing homosexuality as a demonized criminal thing, and we get the other side of it where we see, quite rightly, that there are genuinely good people there. Ash, for example, you know, who's just caught in a bad lot, who deserves his chance to express himself and his sexuality with someone mm -hmm. in a healthy, you know, normal way. I mean, like I've said before, being normal, there's two different kinds of being normal. You can be normal, which is to be plain, boring, ordinary, you know, you're a vanilla kind of person. But then there's a different kind of normality, which is that you lead a normal kind of life. One that's, you know, one where you get to, you know, be happy. That's really all it boils down to. He's not had a chance to do that just yet. So I'm hoping that, that we'll see that come to fresh as the show goes along, but I am going to be very curious to hear from people who can rightly talk about it from, you know, their own experience and their own sexuality. If it is, you know, not snuff in terms of it. That's not something I can comment. But I'll be certainly interested to hear what people make of it. I certainly am interested now to look into Heart of Thomas and Kaze to Kinouta um, and see... You know, apparently, the, like, so Miss Kay's brought these up in chat as examples of manga with LGBTQ characters um, that are that are old. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I want to, like, <laughs> I don't want to be, like, a painting, like, a false narrative. I'm just mainly talking about things that I've read in my own observation. But, yeah, I'm definitely willing to be, to be proved wrong about, like, you know, you... Uh, subs, you're saying this thing about the industry when actually this other stuff was happening that you don't know about, uh, and you're just wrong about it. So that's yeah, that's fine. But um, man, what a lot of interesting talking points from this episode. <laughs> what a, it's a good episode. It is a good episode. It's not. I mean, like I said, I'm grateful to be talking about something like this, even if I can't. You know. If there's only so far I can go with the materials just because of who I am as a person, but I can still have a lot of stuff to talk about that's positive and be generally happy with the show as it's been presented, I'll take that as opposed to my usual blend of, you know, you know fuck this piece of fucking shit. Like, you, you've all heard it from me before, folks. I won't go over it. I miss that. I miss that every once in a while. We'll have, we're going to have to do a mystery bando theater soon. I'm. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I've already decided what I'm going to watch for the Halloween episode that I'll be doing. You can you share it now? I can indeed. So it's a show that I watched once as part of an anime bingo skit that I did for uh, net. While I was watching Netflix for. All right, we'll do anime bingo. I was doing this with a friend, and I ended up watching one episode of this show, and it was one of the most apocalyptically awful pieces of shit I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I know that Japan has problems of sorts, but fuck's sake, guys, you didn't need to make it. And of course, that show was Heaven's Lost Property. Oh, motherfuck. Why are you going to watch that? Don't do that. Not the whole show? 
You're going to watch the whole show? It's only 12 episodes, isn't it? Christ, yeah. alive. Like, you... You've only done OAVs before. And, oh my god. I feel so bad. Why are you Because I like entertaining people, and even if that's just by me suffering, I'll do it. And in case you're wondering, folks, by the way, what Heaven's Lost Prophecy actually is, well, let me give you the synopsis. The protagonist is a 15-year-old... I think he's 15, I don't know, I don't really care, because as far as I'm concerned, the only life expectancy he deserves is vegetating minutes, because he's a prick. Uh, and he meets an angel who falls from heaven and the angel swears servitude to him to do anything that he wishes and grants him all the wishes he wants now I have a, I have a mantra or I have a rule which is that there is no premise in anime or any sort of fiction that is not unviable like the premise while, like when you distill everything down to its premise everything is viable it's just a question of how you execute it so the idea of meeting an angel from ever and then having them, you know, like, you know, be a buddy bud to you or whatever, you could do something with that. What Heaven's Lost Prophecy decides to do is decides to treat this angel uh, as a slave. And also on top of that, you know, the way it's the way this angel is designed, well, you know. Uh, also with shackles, great, fantastic, love that mental image. Oh, and in case you're thinking to yourself, oh, Shaz is just <laughs> over-exaggerating about, you know, the awfulness of its protagonist uh, the first thing we see him doing is that he wakes up, he has morning glory what does he decide to do with it? Shows it to his sister yep that's the protagonist the character we are meant to emphasize with I mean, I've seen some shitty fucking male protagonists in my time watching anime but I can't recall one who I've wanted more to be hit by a fucking 18 wheel of warrior become roadkill what an absolute piece of shit it's meant to be funny it's meant to be funny he's you know he's got morning glory and he wants to you know oh, even you know now that i've actually mentioned it i just feel like i'm already going to regret filming that writing and you know i mean recording that so although to be technical it's probably not it's not going to be me actually recording it but that's a different path god damn it so yeah, look forward to sign not sober, folks. Uh, I'm not live streaming that one, by the way, because I think I'll probably spend most of my head in my hands. Well, on that note, let's talk about the polls before we get out of here. And well, no, wait, no, wait. We should rate the episode. We should episode, yes. I uh, me, I'll I'll fire off and start. Okay. Uh, I am gonna give this episode. Four out of five, uh, you know, what was it? Lienfield rifles? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever model, I mean, surely someone knows better than me. Whatever model Jessica was well with. Um, oh my god, Mirror. Uh, Alright, Mirror, before we go any further, just please tell me, like, I know I've seen the first episode. I know how terrible it is. I know I'm going to sit through the rest of it because I'm a fucking idiot. Is it about the same? Or is it? Or does it just get worse? I want to at least have some idea of one game myself into. If you can drop that in there uh, while we talk, that'd be amazing. Uh, but yeah, this episode—I mean, for all the reasons we've stated, it was excellent. Lovely, lovely directorial flourishes in this particular episode as well. Like, I mean, from the comedic, like you know, the levity with the sun, like you know, the silly chibi kind of stuff they did with that, framing the shadows, the moon. Uh, Young is a fantastic addition to the show's cast. Mm -hmm. so I'm already really interested to see what they do with that. Uh, and it's still 
keeps, you know, I'm, I like what I said. Am I interested to see next episode? Of course I am. Although I'm really horrified for Best Girl Jessica. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I was all I was gonna give it four, but uh, for Yulun, I'm gonna bump it up a quarter of a point. I'm gonna give it four <laughs> and a quarter uh, of Shorter's tears out of five. Wow. <laughs> uh, now let's uh, talk about. Mike, Mike, I've already have tortured myself. I've already, I've already for Halloween watched Mouse and Rin. Daughters of Nisemini. Just, yeah. I'll do. I'll, I, I. Not to mention like Phantom and Elfin Lead, that were well, both picked by well, picked so. by you. Yeah, I put uh, you through that as well, though. I mean, it's not something that's solely from myself. You suffered as well. Yeah, I loved every I did. second. Of it. I did. <laughs> uh, all right. Here are the polls from the Rich Boy, Episode Seven. Uh, which early 90s gangster rap song about California do you prefer? Going Back to Cali or California Love? Early days, California Love is leading strongly with 71%. Good shout. Uh, would you be friends with someone who hasn't seen Airplane? Oh boy, come on. The choices are y yes and no. No with a strong 60% lead. 60% of the vote. Wait, why? It's not more than that? For, 40, 40, <laughs> 40 or yes. Um, it's, all right. it's okay for these people to be wrong, but Jesus fucking Christ, just examining your life choices. <laughs> Jesus. And finally, very early days in this poll, I just put it up. Are you, like you, Lung, envious of Ash and Aji? 100% say yeah. Zero votes for <laughs> nah. <laughs> It looks like you've you've had a response in chat about the infamous Heaven's Lost property. Um, just remember how annoying it was. I'm glad I'm unfamiliar with most of those titles. <laughs> yes, you are. Holy shit. Um, at least the ones I've seen that we have mentioned are real fucking bad. Real, real, real fucking bad. Um, I'm a terrible person. So I'm not going to lie when it comes to sort of stuff. But they, like I said, I'm keeping this one contained. It's something I'm going to put some myself. All that right. Well, I think we've done it. I think we can we put a bow it. on the rich boy here. We can. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Emmys, thank you very much as always for listening to our particular, you know, brand of live stream, you know, bullshit as always. Um, if you like this episode, just want to quickly throw out there that we do have an iTunes and a SoundCloud. If you want to just pop over there, you can subscribe. You can drop us a rating or a review. That would really help with our discoverability as well. Please just uh, swing by there. That would be really, really help welcome for us. Thank you. Um, as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shaden1010, and you can also find me on Curious Cat at Curious, uh, at Curious Cat, I want to talk about. Curious Cat, then, forward slash Shaden. Uh, just as a quick uh, shout out to stuff that I'm doing otherwise, uh, I am currently getting involved in more Guilty Gear related stuff. I'll be doing a commentary on um, the Roads Revolution online uh, tournament that's happening in uh, the United Kingdom tomorrow night. It'll be around this time as it happens, funnily enough. Um, keep an eye on my Twitter for the link. Uh, I'll be commentating the grand finals of that particular, or oh, sorry, the whole set of final mm. uh, top 20. 
uh, winner of that actually gets paid entry to Revolution's Bay team, which is one of the stops on the uh, Arc Revo World Tour that was announced at Evo Evolution. So, yeah, you're going to start hearing more from me about the fine game side of things going forward. Uh, and I'm going to be involved in commentating a lot of stuff, so uh, keep an eye out for that. <clears throat> uh, and as for you, Doc, what about you? Where can people find you? Well, you can hit me up at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Um, that's about all <laughs> that I have. Uh, as far as, I mean, you know, just doing the Watery Death Show business, uh, you can tweet Watery Death Show on Twitter or um, email at Watery Death Show at Gmail. Um, if you want to talk about Banana Fish, if you want to talk about other anime, uh, I, I, if you want to talk about Japanese wrestling, um, I'm here for you. I'm your man. Haven't you actually now be doing a side podcast or a second podcast? Well, you know, I was. However, uh, due to uh, scheduling issues with my podcast partner, it turns out that that has not worked out, and so I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to shutter the windows on that particular venture. Oh but, um, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know, no, no outlet for that right now. But I'll, you know, Twitter, Twitter is good enough. I guess. Yes. It, it, it talks about the wrestling. Please, folks, do it. <laughs> yeah, don't so, no, please don't force yourself. It's uh, an acquired taste for sure. Um, so, but yeah, uh, that's it. Um, tweet me and like Shaden said. Um, like, subscribe, follow, share wherever we are. It helps us tremendously. Um, you know, it will be very kind if you left us an iTunes review, but um, even if you don't, um, Thank you for, for listening and for watching and checking out our, our content in whatever way that you do. Indeed. Thank you all so much, Rip. Uh, on that note, uh, I'll wish you all a very good evening from myself and Doc. And as is, you know, our brand over here at Warrior Death Show, as always, embrace show for everyone. It's the end of the universe. Goodbye. Mwah. Good night. And good night.